Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Everyone and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and we have with us today Jacob Andre. He is the CMO at SOMA. Welcome, Jacob. Thanks for having me, Juliet. Absolutely. So give our listeners a little insight, starting off with exactly what SOMA is. Okay, so SOMA actually is a sort of acronym for social marketplace. That's where we derive the name. And um it is a marketplace where users can buy and sell directly from each other. It has a few very key features that, that make it really stand out and that we think is going to make it uh, very competitive and a, and a big success and, and very disruptive to you know, what people are doing these days um, on traditional marketplaces or even what um, other blockchain-based firms are trying to do. Oh, uh, All right. Well, let us know what those things are. Oh, just get right into it. Okay. Get right into uh, it. Get right into it. Okay, uh, so I think one key thing is that we are, well, first let's talk about a little bit about what problem we're trying to solve. And one of the things we're seeing is that users, um, well, to back up, you know, social, uh, trading has always had a, a big social component. You know, if you look way back to the marketplaces of our ancestors, um, it's always been face-to-face. You You typically know who you're trading with or have some sort of a, personal relationship that goes beyond the merely transactional and, you know, bartering and bargaining has always gone along with that as well. Um, and then you fast forward to today and we've got these um, big e-commerce platforms that provide a lot more exposure to markets, a lot more liquidity than our ancestors had, but they also bring a lot of depersonalization. A lot of times you're dealing with anonymous people um, and, and just that social component is lacking. And so we're trying to bring that back where, where we sort of bring the best of both worlds that social interaction that maybe our ancestors had face-to-face where you really know who you're dealing with and you can interact with them, but yet you also can do it on an e-commerce platform where you have global access and liquidity uh, to markets. So I would say, um, and and we can get into the details of that, but in in broad strokes, I would say that social component is one major feature. And before getting into details, maybe I'll touch on a couple of the others. So another one is this idea of um, fraud prevention and authentication. We have a protocol that we've built and it's patent pending and it is for the authentication of items. And so pretty much those two, the social functionality and this authentication protocol are what what are really going to make SOMA a game changer. Absolutely. And I love that you're you're bringing in the social aspect because I think with a lot of these these different apps and things that are they're working with in these marketplaces, you forget that you're dealing with real people. You know, online shopping, you forget that maybe what you're buying comes from a small business and has people attached to it. And we all think it's automatic. And you have to bring back in that social aspect for knowing something is secure and also understanding that the products are coming from a good place. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 I should mention too that a um a third component of that is of a social interaction in a social marketplace. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so the third, the third major component, and I think this is pretty common to all the block 
blockchain-based solutions. I think the other two I mentioned are pretty unique to Soma, but a third component, which all blockchain solutions are trying to do, this is a core ethos of the blockchain movement, is disintermediation, where you're removing the middlemen um, and you're trying to provide direct peer-to-peer -peer value. And so we're certainly no different than other blockchain solutions in that regard. And, you know, and we definitely have this ethos of in um, trade today, you have a lot of middlemen, middle people, uh, institutions or what have you that, that take a lot of value out of the, um, the item, but they don't really add much value. We're not talking about, you know, logistics providers, um, shipping, things like this that actually are necessary to get, you know, let's say a handmade rug from Turkmenistan to some, some buyer in Sweden. You have to obviously have these intermediaries that are going to get it from here to there and provide, you know, core services. But then you actually have, you know, in today's retail or e-commerce landscape, you have a lot of other intermediaries that aren't necessarily providing any core uh, functionality. You know, you might may have retailers or whatever. They're not actually adding value, but they're kind of necessary to date because there's been no disintermediating mechanism. And so that's where blockchain can really uh, come in and provide that. So I would say, again, to, to reiterate, the three uh, the three core functions is the dis disintermediating peer-to-peer uh, -peer functionality that blockchain provides then SOMA's core uh, social functionality and SOMA's patent pending um, authentication protocol. And SOMA has got so many features and you touched on a few of them. Um, give us a little insight into the interactive item card. Yeah, and so that is, um, so we, we are developing what we call our Heimdall protocol. Our founders are Finnish and Heimdall is a sort of uh, mythological figure in Scandinavian folklore. And so we named our protocol the Heimdall protocol. The interactive item card is one instance. So it's it's the Heimdall protocol applied to this one instantiation on a social marketplace. And what it is in essence is, and I'll just say that we're at, we actually have big plans for our Heimdall protocol that go beyond the scope of this call and we will be announcing those later. So m many more instances and applications of it than the interactive item card. But the interactive item card is the key functionality of the SOMA marketplace. And essentially what that is is a digital avatar representing an item. Much as people on social media or playing video games have an avatar of themselves, this is an avatar of an item and in it can be encoded any and all information um, that's really key to that item. So this is part of where the authentication comes in, but also the social functionality. So really it all converges in the interactive item card. So in terms of social functionality, um, we have a lot of really cool features where essentially people can bring in traditional so social media um, activities like liking and sharing, and those can actually be stored in the interactive item card record. And, and essentially, um, it can accrue social capital. So if maybe a particular interactive item card, the avatar of a particular item accrues a lot of social capital, you know, digital attention around likes and that sort of thing that could actually end up being reflected in the price. Again, this is an organic process. But what it also allows is for users to curate, and, and I draw a little bit of a Pinterest analogy, but the functionality obviously goes much further than Pinterest, where users can curate um, and develop kind of their own personal brand and following, and they can follow each other um, based on the items they like and upvote and choose to share. We also have a reselling functionality where, um, and this is an agreement between buyer and seller, there will be a button right in there where if, you know, for instance, I love, uh, let's say, uh, vintage backpacks from, you know, 
the 1950s or something like that. And I, um, and I find those, you know, and I actually have a, a, an audience of people who also love those because I've curated that audience and gained followers Then I can, you know, and, and as I find people around the world selling those, I can just offer to resell them to my followers. And if they accept that, then I serve that, you know, that valuable function. That's always been a feature of trading. I mean, that's a, that's an intermediary function that's always been there in human interaction and trading. And so potentially, you know, you, you could see a situation where if I was just passionate about this, this one type of thing, I could accrue a lot of these items that actually other people are selling, but I'm featuring on my homepage as part of my own brand and my own lifestyle. And I have a lot of followers interested in those and I'm making money as it's sort of what we call today, in, uh, you know, affiliate marketing or that sort of thing. But it's really based around this person to person social interaction. So it's bringing a lot of fun, a lot of features into play. The other the other big thing is the authentication part of it, which is um, especially if you're dealing with high value items. You know, how do you how do you prove the provenance of those items? Um, how do you prove that a that a you know Swiss watch was actually made by a Swiss watchmaker? You know, if it's being sold as that, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is where all of this information encoded into the interactive item part, and we're using a hybrid on blockchain off blockchain solution. The on blockchain we keep it a little bit lean so we don't bloat the blockchain, you know, with too much data. But essentially, you know, you have timestamps and hashes, you know, encoded into the blocks. I won't go through too much detail of how a blockchain works. But those are all point to resources um, such as photographic evidence, um, video evidence, you know, uh, any kind of documentation you can imagine, um, any kind of descriptive information you can imagine. Um, so the blockchain will contain these timestamped time -stamped hashes where pointing to the off-chain um, you know, supplementary information, you can see that, yes, absolutely, this photograph was entered into the, you know, IIC repository on this date, and this other document, maybe from a third-party expert, you know, um, stamped with their, you know, seal that, yes, this is authentic, was also entered on that exact date. And so those are, those are referenced and, you know, uh, sort of form a, a permanent record. And plus, as the item is transferred from one owner to another, that is also timestamped in the blockchain that this interactive item card, the avatar of this item, thus the item itself, went from owner A to owner B and five years later to owner C. And maybe at each ownership transfer, maybe there's additional information entered in, such as, you know, this priceless watch has a small scratch on it here. Um, photographic evidence of that or whatever. I mean, you can build such a body of evidence and documentation that, that forgery becomes almost impossible. I mean, the, the cost, you know, would be so great, you know, the effort that it just wouldn't even be worth it anymore. Well, let's, uh, let's take a snapshot of, of the future. I know you, you mentioned a couple of things you said that you didn't want to talk about quite yet, but you are release, releasing or have released a cryptocurrency wallet. Actually, the cryptocurrency wallet has not been released yet, and that will be a third-party integration. We're not going to be developing that ourselves. There are a number of great um, cryptocurrency wallets coming out on the market, and we will just be providing an integration where we'll select what we think is the very best one and integrating that right into our platform. Because custodianship and all of these issues surrounding a cryptocurrency wallet are, are so complex that, you know, you really need to be doing just that one thing to do it right. And so we'll choose a partner who does that, you know, correctly and we'll just integrate it. That's, yeah. that's a little bit down the road. Absolutely. But very exciting nonetheless to, to integrate. This is just one more of the many features that you're offering. Absolutely. 
So tell us a little bit about you, Jacob. How did you find yourself in this space? Well, I've um, I've been a freelance technology writer in addition, you know, I've always done a freelance tech writing in addition to my day job, which is, you know, been that of a digital marketing person. And much of my freelance writing has re- revolved around technology. Um, I live in Utah, and so there's this main uh, Salt Lake City technology publication, at tech and business publication called Utah Business, and I've written a number of articles for them in addition to others. I mean, you can see it all in my LinkedIn profile. Um, and, you know, and so kind of as just being this tech writer, I've been aware of blockchain for many, many years, um, followed it, uh, became an investor not too long ago, you know, last year started dabbling in, you know, buying some currencies and, and, and as a result of all this just started becoming more and more aware of all of the different, um, sort of things going on in the space, the different trends and things going on. And then, you know, I just, I got connected up with Yuka. Uh, who is the founder of Soma and just in a very organic way kind of came on board as the uh, chief marketing officer that the company badly needed their message gotten out. And I will say, you know, in terms of marketing, I mean, sometimes in, in blockchain marketing gets a bad rap where it's like, okay, you're just this snake oil person trying to hype up a project. You do see projects that have very little substance and a ton of marketing and their valuations are just out the roof. I saw Soma as having the opposite problem where it had, you know, it was super legitimate and it just had a story that needed to be told. And so for me, it's, you know, it's telling the story that really needs to be told versus, you know, being one of those, uh, I guess, snake oil salesman type. Absolutely. And, and like you mentioned, that is a huge problem in this industry currently is, you know, what to trust, who to trust, what products are legitimate. Um, and you've been working, you know, almost diligently in the space in many different areas. You know, what are some of the unique challenges that, that you've seen and the solutions that people are providing for them that maybe help motivate you to stay stay in this space? Well, I mean, in the space in general, I mean, it's so dynamic and constantly changing that I don't know that I could even speak to, like, the space in general. But I, I will say that um, what I like about working for Soma is – you know, as I mentioned, marketing is really about telling stories. And I've told a number of stories and I've, and I've worked for a number of firms. Usually there's some sort of technology type uh, firm. And so, you know, my job is always um, in every, in every position in every company I've worked for is to really try to tell the story of that company. And, and I've never been as excited to tell the story of a company as I am with Sola. Now it's not that those other, you know, enterprises that I worked for were not legitimate, but they just weren't as truly disruptive. They didn't, they didn't light me up in, in the same way that telling the story of Soma. Um, I think this is really an underdog story um, startup and it's doing something truly disruptive. So this is a story that I just really, really love to tell. And I just think, um, you know, it, as it catches on and people really see the vision that, that this has the potential to really be a game changer. But in the, block st- in the blockchain space in general, I mean, you have all these issues with, you know, um, regulation, you know, each each agency thinks that it somehow falls under their purview and yet nothing's clear. So there's just, there's all this churn and all this uncertainty that has to settle out. And all of that is certainly a challenge as well. And what are some of the, the biggest lessons you've learned by, you know, working in this space and, and what you've seen just by, you know, other companies and, and the things that they have done? Well, you know, what I notice is I watch the ones that, that work hard and they turn out the code and they just really, there's an ethos among some where it's just, you know, we are here to produce a transformational product that is really needed. And you can just almost 
get a sense of it, like almost a flavor when a company is really doing that versus these that are just so hyped. And there is just so much, um, you know, pump and dumping so much where it, you know, you just hear these rumors of ICOs that legitimately like they really are not launched for any other reason than to profit the founders. And often they may even have no intention whatsoever of actually ever producing something viable, or they may have, you know, pipe dreams of producing something viable, but no definite strategy to do so. Or, you know, it's just, it gets a bad rap and it's not entirely undeserved, but that doesn't mean there's not a lot of good going on at the same time. Why don't you walk us through, you know, the user experience and you want to talk about, you know, if people want to download the test platform. Yeah, yeah. So the minimum viable product we are currently, um, it's it's available on Google Play, and we have released it on the Ethereum testnet without going into too much detail. Um, and I don't know how informed your listeners are on blockchain and Ethereum, but essentially it's um, the transactions aren't real. They're using play money because if they were real, they would be burning something called gas, which actually costs you know each transaction costs. And we don't want to you know, have those costs while we're working out bugs. We want to preserve our capital and, you know, not have our users paying fees to do transactions. So essentially they're doing um, what you could almost call like um, play transactions, but actually really testing the functionality. And we're actually just about to announce, um, if you watch our socials, we're just about to announce an incentive program to really drive users onto there and where they get rewarded for giving feedback and downloading the app and using the wallet and, you know, pointing out bugs and things like that. So we're working out those details. We'll be announcing that and we'll be um, collecting all that feedback. And then we'll be rolling out a, um, an actual live product where the transactions are really occurring. But in terms of the, the, the user interface, we've gotten very positive results. Um, it's a very easy to use platform. Um, Again, because it is a minimum viable product, the functionality at this point is fairly minimal, but um, quite intuitive, quite um, quite fun. We've just had very good feedback in our in our community about that. Well, fantastic! And you mentioned it was on uh, Google Play Store, and that it's on Android, and iPhone users can also access it. Is that correct? Um, right now, we've only done it for Android. We initially were creating an iOS app, and because I'm not as much on the development side, I don't understand the full specifics of this, but what I've been told is that um, there were some issues with iOS integrating certain blockchain features. And so, and because we're targeting globally, you know, in the US, iOS is big, but globally, um, Android has far and above, you know, much more market share. So we just really decided to put our efforts on Android. But in the future, we will be developing a web app and um, relooking at iOS. And I think that Apple has made a few changes that will make it more friendly. But so right now, yes, it is Android. And um, you can download it on Google Play. Now, if you search Soma, you'll get a lot of different results because there are many apps with Soma in the name. So you want to look at the one with our logo, which is it contains a fox. And if you do Soma Social um, or Soma you know, Marketplace or something like that, I think it, it floats a little more to the top. And if people they can find you on Google Play, if they want to follow your journey, uh, on social media or whatnot, how they connect in that way. Yeah, so I mean, our website is soma.co, so it's not .com, it's .co, soma.co, and on there, if you scroll to the bottom, you'll see all of our channels. Telegram is our big community um, group where you know most of the communication happens, but we also have a number of others. I mean, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, LinkedIn. You know, just any number of those social platforms. We're very active on them all, and you can. 
usually when we post updates, we just post them across all of them. So you can follow us on your favorite um, favorite channel. But you know, go to the website and you can just click on the the logo for each channel and go right to it and keep up with us there. Fantastic. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and giving us a lot of really useful information about SOMA and just the market in general. Hey, thanks. It's been a pleasure, Juliet. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. That was Jacob Andre. He is the CMO at SOMA. That is S-O-M-A dot C-O. This has been Juliet Lamar for Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.